Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. Happy New Year to all. I'm John Sims and with us this morning for uh, the latest of several return engagements over the last three or three and a half years, Chris Leahy, the Executive Director of the Tyler Museum of Art. Good morning, Chris. Great to have you with us. Good morning, John, and good morning to everyone and uh, Happy New Year. It's great to be here, frankly. Okay, good. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus, and InFocus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. Chris, July 2013 is when you first came on board as the executive director of the Tyler Museum of Art, and it wasn't too long after that that we had you on the air for the first time. I've lost track. This is, what, maybe the third or fourth visit you've had on the show? I think so. It's It's been, and I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about our great museum and yeah i've actually this is my fourth will be my fourth uh year in tyler i time has flown and i think we've mm -hmm. been making some headway mm -hmm. uh looking back to the very first visit we had and some of the things you talked about at the time some of the visions and the dreams and the ideas that you brought to the table we're going to revisit some of those because a lot of them you're still working on but there have been quite a few tweaks things that you've learned and uh, some of the successes you've had have allowed things to take a different perspective all this as we wrap up the 45th anniversary year of the tyler museum of art i know that's been a big year for you that's right uh we we were founded in March of 1971 after uh, some great work by the Tyler Junior League, and uh, it's been a great year. And, you know, with it, 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 it has allowed us to focus again on some of the great exhibitions that we've done. Mm -hmm. And I get to see just about all those, so I can certainly go along with that. Now, we'll start with a question that I believe we had for you as far back as July or August of 2013 when we first visited with you. Your view of the role of the museum in the community, what is our vision for the future, your vision for the future, familiar language, but um, albeit with some similarities, as we indicated a moment ago, not quite the same. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You need to just kind of keep looking down the road. Where do you stand right now just with regard to your overall view of where the museum is and where you'd like to see it head from this point on? Well, John, you know, that's a, it's a tremendous question because as we, as we look at uh, where the museum has been and where we're going and how my uh, vision for our future, if you will, has evolved a little bit, uh, I, I have to reflect on the four year, the almost four years that I've been here in Tyler and East Texas. And I, I uh, am hugely impressed by the, the, the people of Tyler, the nature of Tyler, the community that we live in, mm -hmm. and all of the great uh, services and supporting uh, cultural activities that we have here in town, and how, how, how much pride the people have in Tyler of, of their town, of mm -hmm. their community. And, and that really then shapes our vision to make sure that we're a part of that community and that we play a role in the cultural life uh, of Tyler. You know, when I listen to your show on Sunday mornings, I'm usually reading the newspaper and, and mm. thinking about it, and it, it really does. The, the people that you have on and the kinds of things that they talk about, all of that all that rich cultural and support service is part of Tyler. Mm -hmm. And our vision has moved a little bit to make sure that we are playing a role in the community's cultural 
life. Sure, I know it makes a big difference to have actually been here and to have not only observed but to have been immersed in what's going on around the community. When right. you're when you're fresh in from Virginia, uh, you have a little bit of a learning curve. But, oh, uh, things they, look a lot different yeah. now. As, and I, I've had the same experience, so I can vouch for it. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Mm, all right. <laughs> so I hadn't thought of putting it that way, but so be it. Accessible um, to the community, the education piece, entertaining to all audiences. You tell me that it is not a sophisticated temple. It has to have a certain degree of dignity, obviously, but it's for the common everyday person who's just going to walk in and go, hey, what's up here? Well, that's right. And I, and I think that to step back uh, to where we're going a bit, you have to ask yourself, why are museums important? And if you had two museum professionals and you asked them that question, you'd have three different opinions. Mm-hmm. And, it, mm. and so it, it, it's critical. Our view uh, is to be a public center uh, that's important to the creativity, inspires creativity, and doing and present a wide variety of educational programs and exhibitions that run from the Legos exhibition uh, a year ago, which was uh, incredible, through something as sophisticated, if you will, as Dale Chihuly's glass sculpture. That's a wide variety of programs, and we try to do that so that there's something for for everybody and that we can educate uh, our audience uh, as we go along. And uh, to that end, we're, we're doing a lot more um, interactive internet things. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Wi-Fi in the museum now, so people, we encourage them to take out their cell phone and, and look something up if they, if they want uh, to get a, a little more information about it. Mm-hmm. And overall response. Uh, it apparently it's working for you. It, it, it has been, well, that we had 17,000 people for the Lego exhibition. Now, that mm. really tells you something. Uh, we, in this 45th year, went back uh, uh, through our history to look at uh, the level of membership and the attendance to various exhibitions, and we uh, had our top 10 exhibitions. Uh, and... Legos was right in there, but we did a Rockwell exhibition back in the early 90s, and that brought in about 45,000 people. Mm-hmm. An incredible exhibition. We, we're looking at how do we do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, the, the times have changed, and the uh, popularity of Norman Rockwell has really increased, and so it's, it's much more difficult uh, to do. But that's the kinds of things in res- we're looking at to s- respond. Uh, in our top ten, two of them were Dale Chihuly glass exhibitions, mm-hmm. one this past uh, winter. And we had uh, two Bible exhibitions. We mm-hmm. brought the Gutenberg Bible in uh, in the early 80s, and uh, that was very popular for a very short run. And uh, and we also did the St. John's Bible in uh, the 90s. Again, very, very, that, yeah. very popular. And that's, a, you know, that's something that we're looking at. How do we respond to that part of our community, that core principle of our community, if you will, and that is uh, their sense of religion. Mm, okay. Um, your intern program, this is something you are... Uh, uh, 
have just recently started up, I believe you told me, with UT Tyler? Uh, yes, it, it's really, well, it's not, we, we have been doing it for a number of years um, with the art department. We've expanded it to a couple other departments oh, okay. at, at UT. And what I think that's really important for us um, is we're, we're helping the students at UT get a sense of what it's like to work in a museum. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them are artists, and the artists primary question is how do I get this how do I get my art shown in a museum mm -hmm. that's a big topic mm -hmm. uh, but we're also teaching them how an exhibition comes together from concept from uh, gathering the objects from installation from lighting and how important all that is and we immerse them in the museum as if they were members of our staff and treat them that way and in fact they they become part of the staff we couldn't do a lot of the things we do uh, without their help mm -hmm. at the same time it brings a younger audience into the museum and okay. that's one of the things that's very very important to us mm -hmm. as you continue to look at expanding and growing and uh, maintain and grow interest especially among future generations uh, talking to Chris Leahy on in focus this morning I'm John Sims uh, Chris the executive director of the Tyler Museum of Art and in case you're interested tylermuseum.org is the website for more information you can always call 903-595-1001 we'll talk a little bit more about um, that and some of the reasons that you might want to try and get in touch with a museum by phone or check out that website as we go through the show. Now, the importance of membership. This, I believe, was one of the first things we talked about when we first visited a few years back, and you've just got to sustain that membership base. You've got to grow it if the museum is going to continue not only to be successful, but to uh, expand and continue to be a vital force in the community. Uh, that's exactly right, John. And I, and I think, again, in our 45th year, we did some research and looked back at our level of membership over time. And we're at about 700 members right now. Mm -hmm. um, and our goal is to get to 750 uh, in this uh, year that we're in, this fiscal year that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I, it's interesting. I, I guess it should be one of those uh, things that is a blinding flash of the obvious that our membership tracks with the price of oil. Uh, we went back to mm. 1970 and started looking at a number of members, and as the price of oil falls off, so does our membership. Mm. And as it comes back, so does our membership. It's, it's fascinating. I'm really glad to see the price of oil coming back. Mm hmm and hope that trend continues because it does it really does influence that um, discretionary dollar that's mm -hmm. out there. And our members uh, are have a great advantage in that by being a member of the Tyler Museum of Art, uh, you get a reciprocal membership with um, over 800 museums in the United States and mm -hmm. Canada, where you receive. Their member benefits. You get into their museum free if it's the kind of museum that charges. Mm -hmm. And if you're a member of our museum, your museum, this community's museum, you get in uh, to all of our exhibitions for free. Some of them we do charge for. And uh, it, from that standpoint, it's a it's a great benefit. But it's we have to raise 
90 cents of every dollar we spend mm -hmm. during our fiscal year. Right. And it's through uh, support of membership that we're able to do that. Okay. You tell me there's just so much competition for people's free time, and you're constantly faced with the question, why is a museum so important? And why do you feel a museum is so important? And what do you tell people who might be thinking about doing something else, going to a movie, playing a video game? What do you tell them when, you, when they ask, why should I come to the museum? Well, the, that video game that they're playing is a form of art. And, and so to turn that, the graphic artists that, that do that probably started out as art students and drawing and, and practicing. But I, I, And that, that really is the key point. It's that creative wonder, that, that, that sense of creativity. Um, but at, a museum uh, gives the community, the, the individual, the opportunity to slow down just a bit. Go into the gallery and just slow down and, uh, and enjoy uh, the, the artwork and the sense of uh, visual refreshment, if you will, that, mm -hmm. you, that you get. But it also gives that great uh, visual awareness. Mm -hmm. You wonder how somebody did something. You wonder what you see in the the pain, you know, not everything appeals to everybody, and we try to do exhibitions that, that give a broad look of what's going on. But there's a great value of critical thinking that comes from uh, looking at a, a great painting or a wonderful photograph. You hear that term a lot these days, and all too often, in my opinion, in a negative way, as in there's not enough of it. There just aren't enough younger people being trained to think critically. And you feel the museum can and does offset some of that? Um, absolutely, particularly with our educational programs. We have a lot of student programs. And, and uh, of course, we're on the campus of Tyler Junior College. Mm -hmm. And we have a great relationship uh, with Dr. Metke and, and this in their 90th anniversary year. Uh, but their art department, they... They one of the classes that most of their students have to take is an art appreciation class. Mm -hmm. So we see all those art appreciation students, and you know, uh, it's really interesting to see uh, a, quite a few of them come back outside mm. of the class to take another look at something. And and so I think that we're starting to see that that change, perhaps, but. Um, not everybody, and, and I don't think that we ever will uh, through history. That hasn't been the case. And as long as we can reach uh, a good sense of uh, the population, they're going to have to deal with their children in the future. And it's so refreshing to have the children's programs uh, and, and introduce children. We're using the Internet. We're using uh, touchscreen mm -hmm. uh, panels to try to... Uh, explore that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You talk about educational programs and what better moment than this to mention a few things about the museum that uh, people may want to know. We gave out the website, we'll do it again, tylermuseum.org, numbers 903-595-1001. You mentioned you're located on the campus of TJC, specifically at 1300 South Mahon. And um, uh, that kind of contact information is helpful, not least, because uh, 
it, uh, just by making that phone call, checking that website, you can find out about museum hours, which happen to be Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5, Sunday, 1 to 5, closed Mondays and most major holidays. You can learn about the TMA Cafe, which I understand is doing a booming business. That's open Tuesday through Fridays, except for um, major holidays. And, of course, it's closed on Mondays, 11.30 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. Let's talk about that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't talk about food for a short time. I've got to uh, at least get into a little bit of detail when that topic comes up. How, uh, business, I understand, really strong at the cafe. Well, it, it really is. It's, it's, uh, it's funny. A lot of museums look upon uh, their cafes as a uh, amenity that they have to provide. And, and we have an audience that's almost for our cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have a great, uh, a great chef, uh, if you will, in Lourdes, and she uh, prepares lunch. Uh, we have a, a host of regulars, and it, what it, it's, it's a nice, inexpensive place to come in where it's quiet um, and have a sandwich, have a cup of soup and a sandwich, uh, have um, Lourdes's signature trio, which is a scoop of chicken salad, of mm. tuna salad, and pimentoless cheese. Mm. So it, it's and her uh, her tomato basil soup, very All right. wonderful. Okay, find out more about that by going to that website or making that phone call to five nine five one zero zero one. You can also learn about the adult group tours. We won't go into a lot of detail about this right now because it is on the website, and you can easily get more information over the phone as well. But you do adult group tours. You have First Friday art tours, the educational programs that got this piece of the conversation going. Just a lot that can be done simply because we do have this museum in in the community, and. Again, check that website, make that phone call, and uh, find out more for yourself. One of the things we definitely want to talk about today is the role the board of directors plays or should play in the governance of the museum. Uh, what's your take on that, and how are things going right now? Well, uh, we have a, uh, a great board right now. Uh, great uh, leadership from Verna Hall as our, as our board president. It, but it's always something that uh, is critical to a museum. And to mm-hmm. our museum, uh, Tyler's museum, it's re- it, it is really important. And their trustees, our board is referred to as a board of trustees, not a board of directors. Mm, important. And, and it's a, a really important, legally it doesn't matter, but the, dis- the distinction in trustee is the responsibility that they have to hold this museum in the trust for the community, our collection, the value that that this museum has, is their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're very fortunate uh, that they all embrace that. Uh, it's not just giving money and going to parties. It's it's being part of our public outreach. Mm-hmm. And this board is is very good at that. And. Okay. But it's always it's always something that's in in constant flux. Mm-hmm. It's always something that they're striving to 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 be more uh, influential with. Okay, uh, John Sims on in focus this morning, talking to Chris Leahy, executive director of the Tyler Museum of Art, and let's move on to. Um, well, I guess we could really kind of 
It's a pretty meaty topic all from top to bottom when you're talking about the museum, but uh, if you really want to get to the meat of it, I guess we really need to talk about the exhibitions. And there are a couple of current ones. One of them is just about ready to wrap up, and there's another one that just opened um, in December. Uh, we have uh, the Christo and Jean-Claude Tom Golden Collection and Flora and Fauna. Let's talk a little bit about those and then maybe segue into some of what's coming up in 2017. Sure. Sure, I'm happy to. The, the Christo exhibition, this is a warning. This is the last opportunity. Uh, that exhibition closes on January 8th. Mm -hmm. And we're very fortunate with that. It's a wonderful exhibition. It's been great for our educational program uh, or our education program itself because uh, it really stresses a lot of math and geometry and all of those thinking kinds of things, some wonderful images in there. But we had a great community sponsor with this exhibition, the Fitzpatrick Architect Firm mm -hmm. uh, here in town. Significant architects uh, were, were our community sponsor for this exhibition. And, and that, again, is, is uh, what we live on. Um, we need that support uh, financially in order to put these kind of exhibitions on. Now, Flora and Fauna is a... Uh, on a dreary day that we often have uh, the, this time of year is a breath of springtime and fresh air. Mm -hmm. It's green. It is um, uh, a collection of uh, images from our or objects from our permanent collection mixed with things that we borrowed from galleries in Houston and Dallas and uh, a lot of uh, flowers and birds and uh, great uh, artist Billy Hassel, who has been here a number of times, uh, is represented. But it's really, it's fun. It's a, uh, it's a great balance and blend of color and, and difference. Okay, and that runs through March 19th. Just opened up, uh, was it? December, early December, December. Early December, and runs through March 19th. Still plenty of time to see that one. But that's only the beginning. We have several that are coming up starting this month, starting in January. And let's go ahead and get rolling with that very first one. Robert Lang, a very well-known, very accomplished local photographer. He's put something together called Images of Tyler and Its People. Let's hear about that. Well, uh, it's, this is something that we asked Robert to uh, to work with us on a couple years ago, and for that period of time, he has been uh, taking pictures of uh, some of our prominent and not so prominent residents, uh, mm -hmm. and not portraits, just images of of action or activity, and uh, it's really going to be. A, I haven't seen all the all the images yet, so I, I'm in suspense as as you should be uh, because oh, I it, am. <laughs> it's going to be a, a fabulous uh, uh, exhibition of uh, uh, where people will see themselves they'll see oh I remember that guy or, or that I remember that bagger at Brookshire's or you know mm -hmm. they, all all manner of fun things and I, I really uh, think that this will be fun and again this is a community engagement uh, type of exhibition. We want people to see themselves and see their heritage and uh, see their community in this exhibition. It's it's going to be fun. It opens in the end of, uh, end of January. End of January. And right after that, you have your high school exhibition coming along in April. Right. Uh, this, John, I think uh, for me is my favorite exhibition. Uh, this is our 13th annual. Uh, we go out to the high school art teachers and ask them to send us 
their best and brightest. And uh, we have slipped the time into April because there's a lot of competitions uh, that the high school students go through, and we've tried to fall behind after that, so we really do get their mm-hmm. their best work. And uh, we install it in the gallery as if it were a formal exhibition of Monet and Van Gogh and all the rest. Mm. Uh, we have an opening uh, event for the students and their parents on Sunday afternoon. And we bring in three artists to uh, jury this show. And they select a best in show and three or four of merit. Mm-hmm. Uh, those uh, those students get a, a gift certificate. But everybody that is in this exhibition uh, gets a certificate that indicates that they their artwork was installed in a, in a museum. Mm, very good. Uh, for many of these uh, students, they're going to go on to uh, either graphic arts or an art department. Uh, last mm. year, uh, quite a few of them went to University of North Texas. All right. So it's a great, great show. And during the run of the show, we ask uh, the, the visitors to the exhibition, and it usually draws about two to three thousand people Uh, in the one month that it's open uh, we ask them to vote for the people's choice Uh and uh, interesting enough you can only vote once a day but you can vote every day and it's it's really fun to see uh to see that how that turns out and at the end of the show we award the best in show all righty and then coming up in june just in time for summer something called double take with ed blackburn right Ed, Ed is a uh, this one. I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, I always do to any new exhibition. But Ed is a uh, artist from uh, a Texas artist. He's a professor at the University of North Texas. And this is a look back. We have a couple of his works uh, in our collection, and uh, this is uh, from a 1980s series. We're calling it Double Take. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a 1980s series of paintings and prints and drawings of movie stills. Mm-hmm. He's looked back. Um, the pattern, it seems to be, uh, there was a director, John Sturgis, in the 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. uh, very prominent. Um, and uh, these are stills that he's painted from various movies, movies like uh, a, a movie called Marooned, um, Gregory Peck, Gregory yeah. Peck, 1969. And it's about uh, Gregory is playing the part of the NASA director. There's three uh, astronauts stranded in space, and Gregory says, "We're not going after him." And it's you know the the whole movie revolves around it. I've read a synopsis of the movie. I don't remember seeing it, uh, but it was the 60s. Mm-hmm. But this this uh, we call it double take because it's a look back at those kinds of movies and events, and at the same time it's a bit of a retrospective of uh, of Ed's work. Mm-hmm. And that's coming up in June. Right. Double take with Ed Blackburn. I wanted to talk about that some more, but we're running short on time, and I want to give you at least a minute or two to talk about the importance of the of fundraising in the current fundraising environment. I know fundraising's really been tough. Lots of competition for that not-for-profit dollar, and uh, um, 
just uh, briefly some of the things that you keep in mind as you try to raise funds and encourage people to support the museum financially? Well, I, uh, as I said, John, it's a, a big, uh, it's the most important work that we do to try and raise money so that the real uh, labor of our effort is to, is to uh, put on good exhibitions and education programs. Mm -hmm. But it's the, it is uh, it is very critical to us. Membership is a very important part of that. Uh, we want to encourage uh, in this environment um, the, the interest in planned giving mm -hmm. or estate planning that is so critical. There are a lot of people around that, that will help with this, financial advisors, uh, and, and we have information on our website uh, for that, but it's a critical part of uh, keeping the, growing our endowment, keeping our, uh, we have a very small endowment right now, but that's one of my big roles is, because that's the future. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the endowment, uh, any not-for-profit, we don't have alumni like the universities do who are significant to endowments. So we have patrons that, ha that we ask to, to think about the museum. Okay. Talking about fundraising, planned giving here to close out the show. And you can learn more on the website and uh, learn a lot from the website, actually. It just really kind of covers the waterfront for you. And that website is tylermuseum.org. And the phone number, 903-595-1001, located on the campus of TJC at 1300 South Mahon Avenue. And several themes that I'll just kind of quickly review this morning that I think are important to remember. The quality of your exhibitions, your community outreach, the educational piece, the, just the need to continue engaging the community on its own terms and at the same time expanding the consciousness and encouraging critical thinking among members of the community. All important at the Tyler Museum of Art. And that's it. We are out of time until the next time we meet. But uh, Chris Leahy, Executive Director of the Tyler Museum of Art, thanks again for another great show. Thank you, John. And how about that great Army team this year? All righty. Congratulations to Army beating Navy. See you next week. I'm John Sims. Thanks for joining us on In Focus. <laughs>